never seen such beauty and sorrow that the blood of Jesus was bled for me and now I see freedom for all of my days it's only by the power of the cross I'm raised the King of glory thankful for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the price of Calvary today, God. For we magnify you, King of Kings. We magnify you. Come on, why don't you bless him in this house this morning? We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah.
give him thanks tonight. Come on, lift your hands to him right now. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We magnify you, King of Kings. Hallelujah. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. All things have passed. Away, your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead are breathing in life. Again, because you cause your sun to shine on darkest night. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we
for our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the Say that together, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank him for loving you would you thank him for dying for you would you thank him for spilling his blood for you would you thank him for healing you would you thank him for freeing you would you thank him that you're standing here today with breath in your lungs because he gave it to you thank you Jesus we're so grateful we remember this night. We thank you for your devotion to us. And we want to pour out our devotion back to you tonight. We, we want to express our love to you tonight for all that you've done for us. We are forever grateful in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a great ovation of praise? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It is so good to see you on this Good Friday evening service. Would you take a moment and turn around and maybe even get out of your seat and greet those around you? 
and tell them it's a good night and we're glad that they're here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's our delight, it's our pleasure to see you. And if this is your first time to join us here at Summerton Church of God, we welcome you. Summerton, let's welcome all of our first time guests. Thank you for being with us this evening. We would love the opportunity to meet you. And also we have a gift for those that are here for the very first time. And when you're leaving and you go into the main lobby, to your right is Guest Central. Please meet us there. We would have love, Victor and I would love to get to know you and introduce ourselves to you. God bless you. Well, I just want to join with Jamie and saying how honored we are to have each and every one of you here with us tonight. I've been so overwhelmed today on this Good Friday. And let me tell you what I've been overwhelmed by. I've been overwhelmed as I meditate on and think about the love of God, the love that He has for us. This is Good Friday. And tonight I'm going to ask and attempt to answer this question, what's so good? about Good Friday. What's so good about Good Friday? You see, we have to understand that without Good Friday, there would not be Easter Sunday. Without the crucifixion of Christ, there could be no resurrection of Christ. When I look at this cross and I'm reminded of the cross that Jesus was crucified on think about that cross and how it means a lot of different things it means both death and victory it represents both pain and healing it represents death and life but what it declares to me more than anything else is it declares to me the love of God and it's an unashamed declaration that God makes telling us how much he loves us now the birth of Christ the birth of Christ was witnessed by a few you had Mary and Joseph you had a few wise men and shepherds but the death of Christ was a public display for all to see. It, it was as if Jesus himself were saying, hey, do you want to know how much I love you? Do, do you want to see the extent that I'm willing to go to prove how much I care for you? Then watch this. And he willingly laid down his life for us John tells us this in John chapter 13 verse 1 he says that before the Passover celebration Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father he now showed the disciples the full extent of his love do you want to know what's so good about Good Friday it was the day that God showed the full extent of his love Isaiah prophesied about the extent of that love in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 when 
He prophesied about the Messiah to come, and he said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I want you to notice the language of substitution in that passage of Scripture. Because Isaiah says this about the Messiah. It says this about Jesus, the Son of God. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. Notice, it didn't say that he was wounded for his transgressions. And let me tell you why. It's because he didn't have any transgressions. He had no sin. It says that he was bruised for our iniquities. He was not bruised for his iniquities because he had no iniquities. But he was wounded. A better word there would be he was pierced. And we know that they pierced his hands and they pierced his feet and they pierced his side. He was pierced for our sins. He was bruised and that word bruised literally means crushed. It's a picture of someone who is trying to bear more weight, trying to bear a burden that they cannot endure and they collapse because of how heavy that weight is. And that's what we see here with Jesus. He was crushed by our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, that is the price that needed to be paid so that you and I could have peace with God. Jesus paid that price. And then he said that by his stripes, we are healed. And I know we sometimes interpret that to mean physical healing, but it was so much more than physical healing. It was a healing for our spirit. It was a healing for our soul, mind, will, and emotion. In other words, what Isaiah is saying here is by his stripes, we are made whole. Amen? And then the Apostle Paul tells us this. But Paul tells us this in Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. He said that it pleased the Father. That in Him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. That is that God Himself dwelt in Christ. Christ was the fullness of God. And he says this, he said, and by him, that is by Christ, to reconcile all things to himself. And then he repeats it again, by him, by Jesus. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, look at this, through the blood of his cross. Now listen, when I look at the cross of Jesus, I see it as the cross of redemption. Because it was on this cross that Jesus paid the price for your sins and mine. He paid the price to pardon you and to pardon me. Luke tells us about the last days of Jesus when it says, now it was about the sixth hour. That would have been about noontime. That it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. The ninth hour would have been about three o'clock. So from noon until three o'clock, it was so dark that you could not even see a hand in front of your face. That's how dark it was. But at three o'clock, the sun came back out. 
And it says that the veil of the temple was torn in two. Do you know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of everything that ever stood between us and God. Everything that kept us from being able to get to God, whether it be our sin or any other obstacle that would try to get in our way. The moment that Jesus died, every barrier was removed so that we now have access to God the Father. Jesus said it like this in John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way. And I'm the truth and I'm the life and no one can come to the Father except through me. But now there is a way because of Jesus. And then, and then Luke goes on and he says, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, here's what he said. He said, Father, Father, not God, but the intimate term, Father into your hands. He's no longer in the hands of those who would mock him. He's no longer in the hands of those who would slap him across the face. He's no longer in the hands of those that would pluck his beard. He's no longer in the hands of those that would put a crown of thorns upon his head. He's no longer in the hands of those who would pierce his feet and his hands and his side. He's no longer in the hands of the government officials. But now he says, Father, into your hands. He said, I commit my spirit. And that word commit is a word that, that simply means a, a place of safekeeping. Something that you value and you want to make sure you put it somewhere safe. And here's what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm now in the safety of my Father's hands. Into your hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. And then having said this, he breathed his last. Another gospel writer says it this way, that after he said this, or after this, he said, it is finished. What was finished? Well, let me tell you one thing that wasn't finished. He wasn't finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And he was simply letting us know that the price for our redemption, the price for us to be pardoned of our sins, that price had been paid in full. It's as though he took that paid in full stamp and he stamped it on our sin, paid in full. It's the cross of redemption. But if you read the story, you'll discover that Jesus was not the only one that was hanging on a cross. On Good Friday, there were two other crosses at Calvary. And the Bible tells us like this in Luke 23, verses 32 and 33. It says that there were also two others, criminals led with Jesus to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there... They crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. 
So there were two other crosses. There was a cross at Jesus' left and there was a cross at his right. The cross on his right or the, the cross on his left would have been the cross of rejection. On the cross of redemption, you have a man dying for sin. But at the cross of rejection, you have a man dying in his sin. I mean, can you imagine? Here he is just a few feet from the Savior of the world. And in the last moments of his life, instead of crying out to him for salvation, he blasphemes the Lord. And the Bible tells it this way. It says, then one of those criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, hey, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. If you are the Christ. You see, that's what the enemy has always tried to get all of us to do is to doubt who Jesus is. I mean, he did it himself when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And the devil looked at him and said, if you are the son of God. He was trying to get even Jesus to doubt who he was. And here this man is on the cross. And he said, if you're the son of God, if you are the Christ, then save yourself and us. You know who he represents? He represents that person who wants Jesus in their life to just bail them out of their trouble. I still want to be able to do what I want to do. I still want to be able to make my bad choices. I just don't want to have to suffer the consequences of those choices. And so, Jesus, I need you in my life so that when I do get in trouble, I can call on you and you can come to my rescue and save me. He never intended for him to be the Lord of his life. Just his good luck charm. And that's what the cross has become to a lot of people. Let's face it. It's become nothing more than a trinket hanging on a necklace that is looked at as nothing more than a good luck charm. But here he was that close to the Savior of the world, but he rejected him. But there was another cross at the right hand of Jesus. We can call this the cross of reception. Because on the cross of redemption is a man dying for sin. On the cross of rejection is a man dying in his sin. But on the cross of reception, we have a man dying to his sin. Now, it didn't start off that way. As a matter of fact, when you go back and read the story, you're going to find out that both of these criminals, even the one that eventually received Christ as Lord, that, that in the beginning, he blasphemed Jesus just like the other criminal did. That's what the Bible tells us. It says that the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders, they also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So, he's the king of Israel, is he? Well, then let him come down from the cross, and then we'll believe in him. He trusted God. So let God show his approval by delivering him. For he said, I am the son of God. And then notice what it says. And the criminals, not singular, but plural. The criminals who were crucified with him also shouted the same insults at Jesus. But something happens to this criminal along the way. 
he sees something in Jesus or he hears something that Jesus says that causes him to do an about face that causes him to repent of his sin because the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 23 the Bible tells us that the other criminal protested when one criminal at the left of Jesus was blaspheming Jesus the criminal at the right protested to that criminal and said don't you fear God even when you're dying he said we deserve to die for our evil deeds and how many of you know that every one of us here in this room tonight we deserve to die because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death we deserve to die and this man on the cross he understood that he said we deserve to die but this man hasn't done anything wrong you see after examining him he came to the same conclusion that Pilate came to after Pilate examined Christ and Pilate came to this conclusion he said I find no fault in this man the writer of Hebrews in 4.15 tells us that we do not have a high priest which cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we. But look at this, yet without sin. And then Peter, the apostle Peter, the guy who hung out with Jesus more than anybody else when Jesus was here on this earth. And believe me, if anybody had an opportunity to see Jesus sin or hear something come out of the mouth of Jesus that Jesus should not have said, Peter would have been the one listen to what Peter said about him he said he committed no sin nor was any deceit found in his mouth and that thief that's hanging at the right hand of Jesus he said we deserve to die but this man this man on that middle cross he has done nothing wrong and then notice what the man at the cross on the right of Jesus does this criminal. He says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that today you are going to be with me in paradise. Today, this very day, you're going to be with me in paradise. Now listen, this is awesome here because this man hanging on the cross, he looks at Jesus and what does he call him? Lord. Now why is that important? It's important because Romans 10, 13 tells us whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this guy calls on the name of the Lord and Jesus looks at him and it says, yeah, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Now why is that important to us? I want to tell you why because there's not a passage of scripture in the Bible that's any more clear about the fact that we do not get to heaven because of our works because we have no scripture we have no evidence whatsoever that this man had ever been to church and that doesn't mean it's not important to go to church we have no evidence that this man ever prayed we have no evidence that this man ever read his Bible we have no evidence that this man ever went to Sunday school or taught a Sunday school class. Never served in any way. This is a last minute, last second salvation. So if he's depending on his works to get him to glory or to get him to heaven, he's not going to make it. 
But Jesus looks at this man and says, Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. Because of what Titus tells us. Titus says that he saved us. Not because of the good things we did. But because of his mercy. He washed away our sins and gave us new life through the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I am so thankful tonight that it's his mercy that saves us. There's not enough works that we could do to earn our salvation. Paul reminds us that it's not by works that we are saved, but we are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Can you imagine if we were saved by our works? Can you imagine how horrible heaven would be when we got there and everybody's boasting and bragging and talking about what they did to get there? Oh, it's not going to happen that way because all of us are going to know when we get there that if it were not for the grace of God, if it were not for the mercy of God, if it were not for the love of God, none of us would stand a chance making it to heaven. None of us. It's by His mercy. It's by His grace. I'm going to ask these guys to come up and get ready to do a song for us. And then after they do this song, I'm going to come back. And I want to pray with you. Because there's somebody in this room here tonight. That maybe you've been in that position of rejection. Maybe you've been saying to yourself, well, I just don't know if I can give my life to a God who sends people to hell. You hear me tonight, our loving God has never sent anyone to hell. Listen to me, God did not have to sentence me to hell. I was already on my way to hell when I met Jesus. He rescued me from hell he redeemed me from hell he gave me a new destination for my life and he wants to do the same for you tonight if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior he wants to demonstrate his love to you tonight come on guys they're gonna sing about the cross of Jesus then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray with those that are ready to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight. Amen. God was watching and God 
There had to be a cross. God saw a cross being raised on the horizon. God saw his son being slain for one and all. God saw his blood being shed for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. I'm going to ask you to stand all over the building, if you would, please, with every head bowed and every eye closed. 
no one looking around we're by no means at the end of this service but I just feel led to pray for you right now in 1830 a man by the name of George Wilson was sentenced to death for stealing from the United States Postal Service President Jackson pardoned George Wilson for his crime but George Wilson denied that pardon then went to the circuit judge the one who had sentenced him they were trying to get the verdict overturned in spite of him denying his pardon the circuit judge wrote back and he said pardon is only as good as the paper that it's written on it has no value until it's accepted George Wilson must hang from the neck until he dies do you know that at the cross Jesus pardoned you but that pardon has no value until you accept it as long as you reject it it can't do what it was meant to do and that is to save deliver and heal you and make you whole so if you're here in this room tonight if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior with every head bowed every eye closed if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior I want you to lift up your hand wherever you are right now it's just me looking around this sanctuary if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior hold your hand up high so I can see your hand amen amen anyone tonight that would lift your hand and say I want to receive my pardon I'm not going to reject Christ any longer tonight I'm going to receive him as my Lord and Savior with every head bowed and every eye closed I'm going to lead this congregation in a prayer of salvation tonight and I want everybody here under the sound of my voice even if you've already received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior everyone here under the sound of my voice I want you to pray this prayer and I want you to pray it out loud God was not ashamed Jesus was not ashamed to demonstrate and declare his love for us he did it publicly and openly and right now I'm asking you to do the same just pray this prayer say Father God I come to you in the name of Jesus I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and the life that I've lived I need your forgiveness I believe that you're the only begotten Son of God and that you shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins and I'm now willing to turn from my sin you said in your word that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart 
that God raised him from the dead, then we would be saved. Right now, I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. With my whole heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment, I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And according to His Word, I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for your unlimited grace, which has saved me from my sins. Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and giving me eternal life. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give God some praise for eternal life tonight, for salvation, for healing, for deliverance in this place tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. And as you're seated, if you would, please take your communion elements that you received when you came in tonight. And I want these guys to get ready to come back up. They're going to sing a couple of more songs to us. And listen, if you just prayed that prayer tonight for the first time or you prayed that prayer tonight and renewed your relationship with the Lord, then at the end of this service, I and some other prayer partners, we're going to be available to you. We have a Bible that we want to put into your hand. As a matter of fact, if you're a new believer and you don't have a Bible, we have a Bible for you. We want to give you that Bible tonight. And it's a Bible that you can read, a Bible that you can understand, a Bible that will give you your first steps that you need to take as a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Jesus. So don't leave at the end of the service. We want to make sure we get that information into your hand and that we personally have an opportunity to pray a prayer of blessing over you before you go. But the Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread. If everybody will take that wafer in your hand, the Bible said he took the bread and he broke it. Now here's what I want us to do all at the same time. I want us to break the bread. Let's break it. Do you know what you're hearing? You're hearing the sound of breakthrough. You're hearing the sound of salvation. You're hearing the sound of healing. You're hearing the sound of deliverance. Because Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you suffered in your body so that we could have life and life abundant. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You are the one who strengthens us. You are the one who nourishes us as we feed upon you and your word. Thank you, Jesus. And then he took the cup in the same manner. He blessed it. 
And he told his disciples what this cup represented, that it represented his blood. That there is now a new covenant and that he has written and signed this new covenant in his blood. Do you know what that means? That means you can put faith in what Jesus did at the cross. That you can believe that when you ask him to forgive you of your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. Let's take the cup together in remembrance of him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, behold the Lamb of God without spot, without blemish, the perfect, spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, not just covered, washed away once and for all. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's thank him tonight. Let's thank him tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every drop. 
champion my cause. I've been justified, satisfied. Oh, I have it all. So I rest my case at the cross. Today, for 
Father God, we do. We still believe in. We're not ashamed to preach the cross. We're not ashamed to bear the cross. We're not ashamed to lift up the cross. Because God, we know that the cross is what makes Good Friday good. The pardon that was purchased, the redemption that was bought and paid for, the price that was paid, the life that was made possible. Yes, Lord, we believe and we still cling to the old rugged cross. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, it may just be Friday, but guess what? Sunday's coming.